For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Isabel Jacobson. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover vigils on campus amid the conflict in Israel and Palestine, academic proposals on passing time and Dean's Date, candidates running for Speaker of the House, and a contentious boat crash in the South China Sea. It's Tuesday, October 24th. Since the onset of the conflict in Israel and Palestine, students across campus have held vigils for lives lost. For more on the vigils and the range of opinions surrounding the conflict on campus, I sat down with assistant news editor, Miriam Waldvogel. My name is Miriam. I'm a sophomore, class of 2026, and I'm an assistant news editor for The Prince. So over the past few weeks, there have, amid the conflict in Israel and Palestine, there have been a series of vigils at Princeton. So can you tell us a little bit about what happened at those vigils and also what their messaging was? Yeah, so um, last week, mostly before um, students left campus for fall break, we had a series of vigils for various groups that were impacted. Um, this includes a vigil held by Chabad and the CGL Thursday, October the 12th, in kind of solidarity with Israel. Um, the same day, there was a teach-in held by Palestinian student groups on campus the following day. Um, there was also a vigil for those affected in Palestine, as well as a separate vigil held by Jewish students as a part of the Alliance for um, Jewish Progressives. So those vigils and all of the other responses that the university has put out, how would you say that they have sort of reacted? And also, how would you say that other colleges would compare to Princeton's reaction? I think Princeton's reaction is notable in light of the kind of very intense controversy that has um, been sparked on other college campuses. And that's not to say that this issue isn't, you know, controversial or debated on campus, but truly not in the same way of peer institutions like Harvard, for instance. There were the 30-odd student organizations at Harvard who um, signed a statement. I think the wording was something like, we hold Israel entirely responsible for the ongoing violence and received very intense backlash. I think it's also worth noting that many of the statements from both faculty, students, and the administration have taken kind of a uniquely Princeton angle to this. Um, For instance, there was published as a guest opinion in the Princeton, there was a letter from a couple hundred faculty members, alums, current students calling for, I believe it called for a ceasefire um, and an end to violence. And they also, you know, called on the university to, you know, ensure that Palestinian and pro-Palestine voices were protected um, in the conversation, kind of this free speech defense that I think is very uniquely Princeton. Um, Along the same lines, there was an email sent to the student body by administrators, including Joe Dolan, uh, the dean of the college, calling on students to, um, you know, basically be civil and to allow peers to engage in discussion and not, you know, demean each other. So, I think this is both a conversation that's, you know, very uniquely Princeton with this free speech angle, and also that's not, I think, as present at other campuses. Thank you so much. Thanks. To read more of Waldvogel's reporting, head to dailyprincetonian.com or click the link in our show notes. In more campus news, the Office of the Dean of the College has proposed an initiative to extend passing time between classes and remodel deadlines for final assignments. The meeting also included the Undergraduate Student Government's Academics Committee. Amid ongoing complaints about quick turnarounds between classes and the recent ban on electric vehicles, which many use to commute between classes, Associate Dean of the College Kate Stanton proposed two new models. One would extend passing time by 15 minutes, and the other proposed extending passing time by 20 minutes. 
both plans would not affect class length and preserve the, quote, blackout period from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. The office of the dean of the college also posed to remove Dean's Day as the deadline for all end-of-term written assignments. Instead, those deadlines will be staggered across finals period. In response to the proposal, USG Academic Chair Srista Tripathi said the proposal would, quote, allow for more balanced final assessment period. According to Tripathi, the plan also proposes making final exam schedules public during course selection, as opposed to the middle of the semester. You can read more about the meeting and academic proposals at dailyprincetonian.com. In national news, nine House Republicans have announced run for Speaker of the House following a deadline to announce candidacy by noon on Sunday, October 22nd. One has dropped out since the deadline. So far, Republicans have failed to elect two other candidates for the speakership. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise withdrew his candidacy shortly after receiving the nomination on October 12th. And on Friday, Representative Jim Jordan was dropped as nominee after he lost three votes on the House floor. This is the House's third week without a speaker, following the ousting of Kevin McCarthy early this month over his cooperation with Democrats in an attempt to avoid a government shutdown. The candidates include Tom Emmer of Minnesota, Austin Scott of Georgia, and Byron Donalds of Florida, a favorite of far-right GOP members. All but two of the candidates voted to overturn the 2020 election results immediately following the Capitol riot. A closed-door meeting among House Republicans occurred at 6.30 p.m. yesterday evening, where House members heard speeches from each of the nine candidates vying for the position. The House GOP will vote for their fourth speaker of the term at 9 a.m. today. Yesterday, the Philippines accused Chinese Coast Guard and fishing boats of intentionally colliding with Filipino vessels in the South China Sea. The incident, which happened Sunday, included Chinese ships blocking boat paths to the second Thomas Shoal, which is claimed by many nations but currently occupied by the Philippines. The Filipino boats were going to deliver supplies to Filipino forces on the shoal until the standoff, which escalated with at least two collisions. No one was harmed in the crash. China quickly dismissed claims of intentionally hitting the boats, stating that the Filipino vessels had trespassed and called on the Philippines to stop, quote, causing trouble and provocation in the South China Sea. The United States made a statement in defense of the Philippines and referenced the 1951 Mutual Defense Treaty, which has committed the U.S. to defending the Philippines should it come under attack. In response, China's foreign ministry claimed Washington had, quote, disregarded the facts. Philippines Defense Secretary Gilberto Teodoro called the collision a, quote, blatant violation of international law in a news conference and expressed gratitude for the support of the U.S. as well as other international allies. Expect sunshine today with a high of 66 and a low of 43 degrees Fahrenheit. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Leila Siskind and me, sound engineered by Eden Toshoma, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 2022. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Isabel Jacobson. Have a wonderful day.